Hello, thank you for joining me. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm such a geek. Like I'm so excited about this topic I'm going to be sharing with you today. Um, it's, uh, it's something I'm, I've actually, this is the first time I've um, taught this particular topic related to canine fitness. But the question is, how do we get more things done in less amount of time? How do we squeeze in canine fitness with all the other things that we're doing um, with our dogs and our lives? And I'm going to be sharing with you a, a, a model a format of thinking about structuring your exercise with your dogs. You can also do it for yourself. Um, that's going to enhance your dog's fitness. It's going to give your dog a more rounded, well-balanced fitness program, and you're going to do more in less time. That's what I'm going to be talking with you today about. We're going to be covering circuit training, a concept we, it's a common thing that we see when we talk about human fitness, but I'm going to relate it to canine fitness. Before we get started, I want to thank you for joining me. Um, a quick heads up. I have um, just a kind of a little a little thank you for you for coming and joining me is I have a downloadable. It's a kind of fill in the blank canine fitness calendar. And the things that I'm going to be talking about, you can use to fill out this calendar and thinking about what exercises you want to do on what days. So I just wanted to share that with you. And I threw it in the comments below. And I'm going to be going over what is the circuit training? What does it look like? Give you examples of how this is connected to things we can do with our dogs and the benefits of the great ways how this can help our dogs get more fit and also how it can save us time when it comes to exercise. So thank you for joining me. Um, if, if this is your first time, just uh, I'm going to give a quick introduction. I know that a lot of you are familiar. I do this every Friday. But if you are new, let me just give a quick introduction. My name is Erica Bowling, and I am the owner and founder of Northeast Canine Conditioning. I love helping people take their sport dogs or working dogs, turning them into the elite canine athletes that they are. Um, but I also like to help people with their pet dogs, keeping them healthy and fit. Um, so today's topic, you can apply most definitely to your sport dogs, your working dogs, um, and also to your pet dogs. Um, if you're just now joining in, I'd love to know what what is your perspective? Are, are you a sport dog person, a working dog? Um, what activities do you do with your dogs? What what brings you here? That'll help me when I'm giving examples as I'm, I'm going through this. I wanna be able to give examples that kind of relate to what you're doing with your dogs. So I do have my own examples I'm gonna give, but um, this is going to help. So, all right, I have some slides here. Oh, you know what? If you want a copy of um, my slides, um, just sit, just write down handout and I'll contact you to either by email and I'll send these slides to you. Um, so I've got some, some information on the slides. So uh, if you want to take notes or I will email it to you, just let me know. So, um, let's go ahead and get started. So circuit training, uh, anybody here, a fitness trainer is anybody here? Uh, Hey, Colleen and Michael. Um, I know some of you are very familiar with this. You've done circuit training as a human. Um, some of you have taught circuit training. Um, and Michael, awesome. So I used to be an aerobics instructor. I, I've taught this and I work out in the gym, so I'm very familiar with it. But let me just, for those of you um, who aren't as familiar, let me give you a little definition first. So circuit training, it's a series of exercises that an individual performs and you're doing one exercise after another with minimum rest in between. So you've seen these in the gym. Like um, I go to Planet Fitness. 
Um, you guys see in my planet fitness in the back of the gym, they have a circuit training area where they have like little stations and they they'll have like a, a red light, a yellow light and a green light. And it has a certain number of minutes you spend in each station. Right. And you might have one where you do abdomens and uh, exercises for your abs and you might do bicep curls. Okay. So the idea is that you're going from, from exercise to exercise. And um, you're you're not like just sitting there chatting for 10 minutes in between exercises. So the idea is you're, you're continuously, you have a little bit of a rest, but you're you're going from one exercise working one body part to the next. So that's, that's circuit training. If you've been to you know, a lot of these gyms, you're gonna see it. Um, so another thing to think about, now this definition, this comes from circuit training. I pulled this from uh, for humans, but when we look at humans and circuit training, usually it consists of low to moderate sets with moderate to high repetitions and short rest periods. So for example, um, repetition would be like if I'm gonna do biceps and I'm gonna do um, six, six repetitions and then I take a little rest and then I do six more and then I take a little rest and then I do six more. So each round of that is called a set, okay? So if I'm gonna be going to those different stations, then um, I'm, I'm looking at not a, not a terribly high number of sets. I may do, you know, work my bicep and do one set or two sets, and then I move on to the next exercise. So for the dogs, for example, um, maybe I'm doing a balance exercise and I may do it once or twice, and then I move on to the next um, the next exercise, if that makes sense. So those are just to make sure that we're all on kind of the same playing field, that we're understanding what I mean when I say canine fitness with circuit training. Now, here's one thing, you see where it says um, eight to 20 repetitions. Now here's something we need to think about when we're working with dogs is there are some things that we don't want high repetitions. Um, when we're doing repetitive, especially high intensity, um, high impact repetitive activities, number one, we wanna do it with healthy adult dogs that are physically mature. And if I am doing high impact activities, like if I'm doing jumping, I, I want to be careful. I don't want to do lots and lots of repetition of jumping because I'm looking at the potential of a repetitive use injury because my dog is doing that high impact over and over and over. So when we go to the gym, when you're, when you are in the gym with the equipment, it's usually you're, it's like low impact, right? You're sitting in, in the, uh, on the equipment, you're doing bicep curls. Um, you're not doing, you know, 20, 30 um, real high impact, uh, high intense activities that are real jarring to the body. So just keep in mind that this is um, one of the definitions when we look at human circuit training. You can do the repetition with the dogs, but just be mindful, the repetitive movements, um, we don't want to do structured fitness, repetitive strength training with puppies. We want to make sure they're an adult dog and they're fit and that they can physically handle this. And if we're doing high impact stuff like, you know, lots of jumping, we, we want to limit it. We don't want to do too much uh, of repetitive high impact because of the wear and the tear on the body. Um, but, um, but you can most definitely apply this concept to dogs. It's just we need to have taken into consideration that we move forward safely. So the next thing are the benefits. So the benefits for the circuit training, we think about the benefits for humans, they can equally be just as beneficial for um, dogs. Some of the research, of course, we have on humans, we, we don't necessarily know if it's a one-to-one -one direct correlation to what happens with dogs. Um, but we do know, for example, you know, we have certain muscle groups, dogs have certain muscle groups, you know, we have a cardiovascular system, they have a cardiovascular system. So we do have a lot of common things when it comes to fitness. 
Um, but a lot of these benefits, they're going to they're going to be this, the same type of benefits. So what are the benefits for this type of training circuit training? So the benefits are one of the things I really like about it is it's you're combining strength training with cardio training. So um, that's great because you are you're building muscle and you're also, you know, burning calories, you're burning fat, you're getting more lean muscle mass, you're, uh, it, it's just, a, it's a nice way to get more done. It's more efficient, uh, time wise, because instead of going and doing a strength training exercise, and then later, let's go do my cardio, we're combining them together. Um, so that's nice. The other thing is, oh, I just mentioned this, you're, you're burning fat while you're also building muscle. So um, kind of get, you know, killing two birds with one stone. It's increasing the metabolism. It's um, depending on the exercises that you choose, because um, you're going to be picking what exercise, but um, you can most definitely get a full body workout for for your dog your dog and when you do it so if you go to like planet fitness and they have um the circuit in the back of the room you'll see that they have upper body exercises lower body exercises um you're continuously you know moving a little bit of rest your heart rate should be going up a little bit it shouldn't be complete rest um uh, you're doing abdominal exercises so if you structure it correctly you can do a really nice full body workout in a short a short amount of time so that is another great benefit for this another benefit is this is great um especially for people who don't enjoy working out <laughs> or you think that there's a, a you know more enjoyable things to do with your dog is what's nice here is it, it adds variety so it mixes things up it adds variety it keeps you motivated keeps your dog from getting bored and you know what, if we're motivated and if we are engaged and we're excited, we're more likely to do it, right? So if if I hate going to the gym, uh, chances are I'm not gonna get to the gym as much as if I'm doing an activity that um, is more enjoyable and I'm not bored with it. I get bored, I run on the treadmill and I tell you, three miles on the treadmill is like torture for me. It's really hard for me to do three miles on the treadmill. Like I just get bored. Um, I can go outdoors and I used to run marathons and I, I can, I can more easily run three to five miles outside than three miles on a treadmill, even two and a half miles on a treadmill. So there's a lot to be said for keeping it um, engaged and interesting and motivating for you and for your dog. If you're not motivated, your dog's not going to get as much out of it. If your dog is not motivated or, you know, your dog's getting bored or doesn't like an activity. So this is a great, um, a great thing about it is the, the variety and you can constantly mix it up what you're doing. Um, the next thing, again, depending on what kinds of exercises you're doing, but it can be easily modified for beginners. So you can do circuit training and I can do exercises for um, a dog that is, you know, not, not a super athlete. You know, I can keep easy exercises. I can keep the exercises short. Um, I can increase the rest period in between and I can modify this um, for a beginner as long as they're healthy. Remember, you want them to be healthy and ideally if you're doing structured exercise, you want a physically mature dog. And just as easily, you can do this for high, high, high level fitness. You know, uh, a high level um, working dog, a competition dog, you can make, make it much more challenging. When I teach um, seminars, when I teach canine fitness seminars, 
I, um, it's not exactly circuit training, but I, I kind of model the idea because I'll have different stations that are easy, intermediate and hard. And so it's great when I'm teaching a seminar because I have various levels of participants. And so everybody has something at their level. So that's another thing that I like. It's not, I don't do it exactly the same because it's not a continuous and I'm teaching in between, but it's a, it's a nice model to think about when you're teaching, um, when you're teaching fitness, not just fitness, you can use a, a model, you know, kind of doing these stations and different levels, but anytime you can modify it, um, it can grow with you as your dog is getting more advanced. You just modify your activities. You may do the same exercise, but just make it harder or change the exercise and the activity grows with you, right? And you can make it as advanced as you need it. Um, with a beginner dog, you can keep them all low impact exercises. As your dog gets more advanced and more fit, you can include more high impact activities. So those are some of the things. Uh, and I already mentioned saves time. Uh, saves time because you're, you're hitting multiple body parts. You can do multiple exercises in a condensed amount of time. There's not a lot of downtime. So you're, you're just, you're moving right through it and um, you're making good use, you're, you're making good efficient use of your time. So it's gonna save you time. So the, um, the next thing here is I put a little uh, visual for you. Now, this visual, again, if you want my handouts, if you want a copy of these slides, just um, put um, handout in the comments below and um, I'll reach out or I'll ask for your email and I'll communicate with you, uh, a friend request you, but if you want these handouts, let me know. So what you have here is, um, so uh, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, eight exercises. And um, the eight exercises, you're, you can really customize it for your dogs. So uh, you can see here, I have cardio, strength, um, core balance exercises, cardio, a full body workout, full body exercise, strength training, cardio, and then um, core and and um, uh, balance. Because I put core and balance together because a lot of times when I'm doing balance exercises, they inc they include a strengthening of the core muscles. So I just put them together on here. Now um, for my dog, I'm I'm wanting to build up more cardio. So you notice here I have three exercises with cardio. And um, I have two specifically for strength. So I may do one strength for shoulder exercises and one strength for hindquarters. Um, you may have a dog where you're doing a lot of strength training and you have less cardio. Um, I may increase the cardio, but it, it's great because you can modify this based on your, do your dog's needs. So where is your dog's weakness? Do you know what your dog's weakness is? Is it your dog's shoulder, your hindquarters, the lower back? Is your dog weak in cardio? So this is just one example. You can mix and match. You can do four exercises. You can do 12 exercises, but you're going to mix and match it. But I wanted to show this to you as, um, as an example. So when I did this, I was thinking as um, cardio and then strength training um, exercise for the shoulders and then um, a balanced core exercise, core meaning thinking about the, the, the abs, lower back and stuff, that whole solid core. Then I wanna throw in another cardio. Then I wanna do, and I have some nice exercises for whole body exercise, and then I'm gonna do another strength. So I wanna do shoulders and hindquarters, another cardio, and then, um, and then the last one, um, we've got core imbalance. Now, I, this is not on my, on my slide, but you're also gonna have warm up. Do not do this without warming up your dog. So before you dive into this, you wanna have a warm up. You don't want your dog doing this on cold muscles and you wanna cool down, okay? So I should have put that on there, um, but a warm up. you have your series of exercises, 
and then your cool down. And remember, you can go through each exercise one time. You could go through each exercise. You might do um, two sets of it and then move on to the next. You have to keep it at your dog's level. So if you've never done this before, you're not going to dive in and do three exercises of 15 repetitions each. So start out easy. Um, so, so this, like I said, this is just one example. So let me talk about, okay, well, what can you do in these different areas? Because you, you can do this in your backyard. You can do this on a hiking trail. Um, you can do this depending on what kind of a, you might have some natural things in your natural environment to use, to exercise with. Um, you can do it around the training field. So let me call, uh, let me go over a little bit of some of the exercises. So cardio, um, think about, you want to get that heart rate up. So sprinting, um, how many, how many of you know the two ball game? We have the two balls. You might have a ball and a rope and your dog runs for one ball. And then he comes back and he grabs the next ball. He's running back and forth, back and forth. Um, cardio, that's cardio. Um, send away, send your dog running down the field to go retrieve something. He, your dog runs down the field and back, that's cardio. Um, so um, so those are um, those are different um, exercises. Um, Sharon, um, I have an entire, uh, I have, gosh, I have like an hour long video on warm-up exercises and warm-up, but a warm-up is really anything, think about to gradually get your dog's heart rate up and start warming up the body. I like to include jogging and short little retrieves, and you wanna just gradually build up intensity. Start with a walk, a fast walk, a slow trot, a fast trot, a little, maybe a, a short little run, build up the intensity. The idea is that you're, you're getting the dog, the muscles are warming up, your dog's starting to breathe harder, starting some panting, um, and uh, there's a, a number of things you can do. The idea is you get your dog active, just like humans, right? Um, and the warm-up's going to vary depending on the climate, the temperature, the humidity. Some dogs are going to need a really long warm-up. Sometimes your warm-up's going to be really, really short. But you need the you need the body to be warmed up before you start exercising. Uh, again, if you go to my Northeast Canine Conditioning, uh, my business page under videos, um, I have a Facebook live show on warm-up and cool-downs. So, um, so that's an example of um, some of the uh, the, the cardio um, strength training. You, you know, you might do um, if you have fit paws like fit paws equipment. You can do exercises on equipment, um, but also if you're out at the park, you know, strength training might be um, you know your dog is going up a hill. Um, so you can use your environment. You can use equipment. Um, there's a lot of ways to 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 do this. Uh, Michael says he does a three minute warm up uh, for your athlete dogs, but five minutes for your older dogs. Um, Michael, it, the, the amount of time for the warm up is totally going to depend on a lot of different variables. I don't base my warm up on time. I base my warm up by looking at my dog. And so I observe my dog panting. I observe the color, like the inside of his ears, you know, if it's getting pinker. Um, so it, it really depends because if it's like, you know, an 80 degree day, my warm up can be really, really short. Uh, but typically, uh, if you think about it, like us, older people and people, we got a little bit of arthritis and achy bodies. I can tell you as I get older, it takes me a lot longer to warm up than it used to be. Like sometimes I literally, when my body's achy, it can take me 20 minutes just for my warm up. Um, so, you know, think about it. Um, older dogs definitely aches and pains and, you know, old crickety bones and stuff, as long as they're healthy and they're not like in pain, you don't want to work them in pain, but watch your dog, observe your dog, pay attention to the time, but don't judge it on time. Watch your dog. 
So uh, let me give you some more examples now of, of what you can do here. Um, again, in the comments section, if you didn't get my calendar, my template for my fitness calendar, uh, make sure you download that. That's just a little free handout I have for you. So let me show you some more um, things that you can think about of what can go into your circuit. Remember, the idea is you go from exercise to exercise and you have just a little bit um, little bit of rest. The idea is that you just you keep your dog moving and you can um, you can make a little path and you know go out on the trails um, in my backyard. I might set up some little obstacles in the backyard, but um, really you can work with your environment for this. So I'm going to give you some examples here. So um, so here is a dog jumping off a hay bale. <laughs> so um, this is high impact right? Jumping is high impact. Jumping uh, strength is strength. When the dog's leaping and pushing off the hindquarters of strength, landing on the, you know, with the front end, that's strength. And it's also cardio. Now, even though, let me go back here. Even though I have this listed in separate categories, cardio, strength, core, balance, um, a lot of these exercises overlap. So jumping, jumping exercises, you know, we, we got cardio and strength. So just be aware that this isn't like black and white, but the main idea is that you're consciously making sure that you're getting a well-rounded program for your dog. So you're not putting all your energy just in one or two things. So definitely some of these things can overlap. So here, you know, if I'm out, at, if I'm out um, in the field, I'm out at the farm, my dog is, you know, maybe doing some, some racing down and retrieving something. Um, I have them climbing up on objects or jumping down from objects. So we're getting some cardio, we're getting some strength, or maybe some balance exercises that we have out there. Um, so those are some things to think about. So this is using the environment. One thing I like about the fitness equipment is you can really target specific body parts. You have a lot of flexibility in what you can do with just a couple pieces of equipment. But don't think that you cannot you cannot get exercise for bo specific body parts um, without equipment. You, you can do targeted shoulders. You can do um, targeted core, balance, hindquarters. You can do that um, by using things out in the environment or, or homemade stuff. So let me give you another example. Okay, so this dog is walking through, think about walking through and under things. So now this isn't the best example, um, but imagine if the dog was walking through a tunnel and it had to crouch down a little bit. Like the dog can't stand all the way erect and the dog is not crawling, but the dog is kind of, um, you know, crouched down a little bit. That is working the muscles more. So if you think about it, um, if you have to go, <laughs> think about if you have to go walk a distance and you stand upright and think about if you have to kind of tense up your muscles, contract your muscles, um, you're maybe halfway squatting down, your, your muscles are working differently. You've got some isometric um, moves going on there. And so you're, you're, you're working the muscles. Like I said, this isn't, it looks like the dog is almost standing its complete height. Um, but if I have my dog crawling through a tunnel, if my dog is, um, maybe I have some chairs lined up and my dog is crawling or half crouching and going underneath chairs, um, my dog is using muscles differently that way also. So, you know, think about your environment. Are there things to climb up on, to walk under, to go around, um, crawling under things? You're working different body parts that way. Um, this is a great thing is when you look around the environment, when I go out to the parks, I make a lot of great use of things like picnic tables. <laughs> and um, I look for things that could be like a little balance beam that they can walk on and balance on. If you can find things, um, tree stumps, 
uh, fallen trees, things are uh, large rocks and boulders to have your dog uh, stand and balance. So you can do balance and body awareness, and you can also be working on strength training when you're doing this. And um, what what you can also do, I've had where my dog was is kind of like mimicking a balance beam, and it's just narrow enough that he has to consciously think about maintaining good balance. And I would walk him forwards and walk him backwards. And, um, and you could definitely see him working those muscles, trying to maintain balance going forwards and going back. Another thing you can do is put them in a, in a narrow surface and do sit down stand um, and build in your balance, which is also working some core muscles. So like I said, you can use the stuff that's out and around you. Um, here we have a dog. I think this was labeled mushroom hunting, <laughs> but, um, you know, you go out on the trails. If you have a, a path that you always use and you know that there's some fallen trees or some big boulders, um, those are, oh, my slides just left. Um, but those are some things, let me see if I can bring this back up here. Those are some things that you can think about to add around your environment. Let me pull this back up. There we go. Um, so here, I know a lot of people, when you think about a dog running um, through the woods, um, they've got the agility, the balance, the body awareness as they're um, jumping over things. Um, but I would say if you're doing it in a new area, make sure to kind of check out your environment, especially if your dog's off leash, to make sure it's a safe area and you know, you know what's out there. But if you have certain things that you're constantly, you know, I go to the same park all the time and I know there's picnic tables and I know there's little soccer benches. Um, I know there's things um, in that park. I go there all the time that I can easily use. Um, let's see. I think I had another photo. Oh, let me go back. So if we go back here, one of the things you'll notice also, so I can do some core, some balance exercises, um, full body things. Might, you know, I might be doing some, um, a lot of these are going to engage lots of body parts, but uh, crawling exercises where I'm going um, forwards and backwards. And so again, you want to you wanna build this based on your dog's needs. And you'll notice here that I don't have stretching, flexibility. So what I will do is a lot of times I'll do my stretching um, after, as my dog, he's not completely cold, but as my dog is cooling down. And remember, one of the ideas about the circuit training is you're having just a, a little bit of a rest. You're not having an extended rest. The idea is that you're going through multiple exercises and body parts but you're also, it's also cardio, right? So it's not the same as running my dog for five miles, but their heart rate is, is rising and they're doing different exercises. So I find that if, if I'm in the midst of exercise, if I'm stretching my dog, then um, a lot of times if I'm building the heart rate up, so a lot of these stretches actually is bringing the heart rate down. So I don't have, um, flexibility is very, very important. Um, stretching exercises, but um, when I'm doing my person, my dog, I personally want to build up his cardio. I want to build up a higher heart rate. I want to keep his heart rate up and I want to do strengthening. So for him, um, flexibility during this exercise, you know, when he's doing the circuit training, flexibility is not an emphasis for me. My flexibility and stretching I'm doing separately. Um, you may have a dog and you may have a dog that you're working on, um, you know, not as much cardio. And you may build in an exercise station where you're doing some, some flexibility. But just keep that in mind that a lot of times when you're doing some of these stretching exercises, um, if the dog's heart rate is up and then you throw in stretching smack in the middle of it, 
um, the, the heart rate most probably is starting to come down. So if you're wanting to really maximize what's happening cardio wise, that might not be the time for doing the stretching. And again, remember you wanna have warm ups and you wanna have the cool down. Um, the intensity here, I have like eight different exercises. If my dog was first starting to do this, I would not, I would do fewer. And um, you can do a couple repetitions and move into the next one or just do a circuit, go through all eight exercises and then you might stop or you might go through all eight exercises two or three times, um, all dependent upon the dog. And a couple things that you really, what I do with all the dogs that I work with and also when I'm teaching people about how to build these fitness programs, we don't just build generic programs. Like I wouldn't just give this program generically and say, here, everybody, here's a beginner program. Um, what I do is I, I, I teach people how to look at the dog in front of you, do a structural critique, look at the, the, the structure of the dog, do a gait analysis of the dog, look at the dog's physical strengths and weaknesses, not saying that they're, they have an injury, but you know, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. So we assess the individual dog. What is the dog's strengths? What is What are the weaknesses? And then we look at the activities and the sport and the jobs that the dogs are doing. And if I have a search and rescue dog, if I have a police dog, if I have a detection dog, if I have an agility dog, that is going to influence what you know, how I build my exercise program. So we don't have time to get into all of that. And, and it, it, you have to take a lot of different variables and consider them. But just know that as I'm building this program, I am individually looking at the dog in front of me. I look at the dog's structure and I look at the goals that I have for that dog. So for example, for Knox, my one uh, Belgian Malinois, um, he, um, he, has he has really nice hindquarters, but we could use more muscle in the, in the shoulders. And um, he needs good cardio um, just because to burn energy, but also I wanna build up some more shoulder stuff. So I may actually do two, two shoulder exercises um, stations here when I do the circuit training with him. With my older dog, Bachi, um, I might do less cardio and I maybe focus more on hindquarters because he's getting weaker in the hindquarters. So um, again, I'm going to base this and the activities in each of these, each of these exercises is going to be based on the dog in front of me and how I assess that dog and what are the needs of that dog and handler. Um, so it's, uh, I mean, I can have some general beginner, intermediate, advanced, but I really, to get the most out of it, you want to customize it to your particular dog and your situation. Um, so I know for a fact, like I want to emphasize certain body parts or I need to spend more time on cardio and I'm going to build that into there. So, um, oh, I think there was a good, I just, um, a question is, can you modify any of the body awareness exercises for growing puppies? Um, so what I would do with puppies, Marilyn, is, you know, I wouldn't do a structured, I, if you go to my Facebook live uh, video replays, I have some stuff on there on puppies and fitness. Um, for the puppies, I would not do structured, repetitive strength training. Um, uh, the cardio is all self-driven. It's puppy driven based on what the puppies, you know, I, I'm not saying, oh, we're going to go out and walk a mile. You know, the, it's driven by the puppy and it's free play. But most definitely for puppies, I can be doing things, a lot of body awareness stuff and having them on different surfaces and stuff. So you could do kind of like a modified circuit for puppies, but you have to make sure they're puppy appropriate. Like I said, I would not do repetitive strength training exercises. There would not be a focus on building strength. It would be more, um, I may have um, different circuits stations for a puppy on confidence, building confidence. Um, 
uh, exposing them to different environmental stuff. So one might be um, certain surfaces where they're walking on different surfaces. And so I can modify it, but it has to be puppy appropriate. It would not be the same um, exercises that I would do for adult dogs. So yes, you can most definitely modify body awareness exercises for growing puppies, but it has to be um, you know age appropriate for a dog that is still growing. And again, it would be more um, self-directed play and a lot of things, confidence building and more environmental stuff. It's not like you're gonna go out and be doing a bunch of repetitive shoulder exercises with a puppy. Good question, good question. Um, so let me, uh, let me just, uh, again, repeat, you want to individualize and you want to make sure that you're customizing the program for the dog, the needs of the dog in front of you, their physical needs and the kind of work or sport or activities that they do. Um, uh, and then also within each of these, you know, cardio or strength, hindquarters of, um, you know, you're doing forelimb exercises. You want to make sure that if your dog is not used to doing this type of program, you want to build it gradually and you want to be very thoughtful in building repetitions and knowing when to make it more advanced or when is it too hard, when do you need to back it down? So you want to make sure that you don't just dive all in here and say, oh, we're going to be doing all these exercises and we're going to do it four days a week and your dog's not used to doing that. You're setting your dog up for injury. So this is just an example but there's a lot more um, if you really want to maximize and get your dog at maximum strength and you really build your cardio, how you structure that throughout the week and throughout the weeks and the months is going to be imperative and vital if you actually want to see continual improvement in strength and cardio and body awareness. Um, so there's, um, like I said, it's, it's a bigger conversation than what I can go over now, but at least you can be thinking about, Hey, you know, I can start doing more in that 10 minutes in the morning with my dog than what I'm currently doing. Um, so, um, a couple other things I wanted to share with you. I've got another link to throw into the, the chat box and, um, the video replay will be up. If you're listening on your phone and you don't have access to the chat box, um, you can come back and it, the handouts will be there. Uh, again, if you want my handouts, just write down handouts and I'll send them to you. But if you're interested in learning more about, okay, how how do I know what my dog's strengths and weaknesses are? Um, how do I know, should I put more emphasis on shoulders or hindquarters? What exercises should I do? You know, there's a lot of, a, a lot of variables to go into play here. And um, if you're wanting to know more about how do you put this together to make a systematic fitness program so you continually can see that improvement with your dog is um, I have the Elite Canine Athlete Program. This is an online program where I teach people. We go into depth. This is my most comprehensive canine fitness program. I do have some other ones. Uh, you can go to my website. I'm going to put the link here for the Elite Canine Athlete. But what I tell people is if you're wanting to design a fitness program and you're wanting to know like what exercises and how many repetitions and how many days per week, um, you really need to have the most comprehensive understanding of canine fitness so that you you can properly put the pieces together to have the most effective result with your dog and to prevent injury. So if you're interested in knowing how to take different dogs and assessing different dogs and saying, oh, you know, I, I want to do shoulder exercises or this dog needs more anaerobic exercise, um, that would be something the elite canine athlete program would definitely be something that I would recommend because it's more comprehensive. Also, if you're interested in learning about canine fitness and um, working and helping other people and teaching other people, um, integrating into a, your dog training business, you want the most comprehensive program. Um, I do have other programs that are more for handlers, um, 
if you're only working with just your dog, you're not building multiple fitness programs, but for the most comprehensive that has all the access and thinking about how do I build programs? How do I assess what my dog's needs are? Um, how do I help educate the handler and the dog in this, that this would be the program that I would recommend. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there. Again, I put the link to the brochure if you want to download. And then um, if you look at the brochure and if you if it sounds interesting, you want to know more, what I do is I schedule a one-on-one -on -one session either by phone or by the internet to go over all the details and see if it is actually the best program for you. Since I have a number of different programs, sometimes people meet with me and it's not the best program and I recommend a different one. But definitely, if you say you're interested in designing programs for different dogs, multiple program designs that um, you want the most comprehensive program here. Um, and then also, um, my website is northeastcanineconditioning.com. That's Northeast Canine, the letter K, the number nine, northeastcanineconditioning.com. And um, you can um, go there to download the brochure for the Elite Canine Athlete Program, and you'll see links to some of my other programs there. Um, so Charlie said, what are some basic signs that the program is too intense or not challenging enough? Um, some of the things for if the if the program is too intense is avoidance behaviors. Um, you will see your dog um, avoiding things. Your dog um, is resistant. Um, you will you'll get your dog into a position and your dog like, you know, you put them on a balance, something to balance and your dog keeps jumping off. Um, another thing is when you're doing exercises, just like humans, you want proper form. So if I, have you guys been to the gym and you see somebody all big and buff and they're like, you know, trying to show off and they're doing real heavy weights and they're slamming the weights to the ground and somebody may go in there and they have very poor posture and they're lifting really heavy weights and they have bad posture and you get hurt that way. So for humans, when you're doing exercises, strength training exercises, it's really, really, really important that you have proper form. If you don't do proper form, you're e either the exercise is not going to be effective, you're just not going to get out of it what you should, and or um, you end up injured. So it's the same with dogs, Charlie. When you're doing certain exercises, you for different exercises, there's a specific uh, form that you want your dog to have. You want good balance, good form. You want them to be in a good position and good posture. And so one of the signs that you are doing too much too soon and your dog's not ready is the the, the form, the correct form deteriorates or your dog cannot hold proper form. And that's a key right there is if your dog cannot consistently keep really good form in those um, exercises. And um, those are the things that we also teach in the, in, the elite, in the elite canine athlete program is what what are you looking for when you're doing different exercises and your dog's sitting or doing exercise standing or downing? What is that posture? What is that form? And if they have bad form, how do we correct it? How do we help teach our dog how to use their body properly? It's like jumping. If I have a dog, um, you know, I know a lot of us do sports and activities where there's jumping involved. If my dog is jumping and has bad technique, um, it, my dog can start knocking over jumps and my dog can get hurt. So when, when you're having jumping exercises in a training program, you want good technique. So it's, it's uh, when your dog is consistently doing very bad technique, it's like, okay, something's up. Either my dog needs better training or my dog physically is not prepared yet for this kind of jump. So it's similar. So those are the things. Uh, there's a lot of other things. I mean, there's, there's numerous things to look at. Um, but just quickly, those are, those are two key things to keep an eye out for. But 
um, especially for some of the strength training exercises, proper technique is very, very, very important. Uh, again, we go, I have um, module one, when we go into, uh, I have Canine Conditioning 101, that it's a part of this program. And the very first module, um, we talk about how do you um, look at your dog's structure, look at your dog's form, and look at your dog's gait, and identify your dog's strengths and weaknesses and where your dog needs help. No dog is perfect. Every dog needs help in just developing a more balanced form and how they how they do things. And um, that the very first module, we dive right into that. And, and you look at m one of my dogs, you look at your dogs, and you look at, um, I teach you about how to look at them and identify the physical strengths and weaknesses, what body parts should you be emphasizing more when you're doing exercises. And then also if your dog has poor posture and, and poor position, how to identify it and how do you correct it? Or maybe your dog needs, a lot of, not a lot of times, but it's not unusual for people to do this. And the form is actually a subtle sign that your dog is injured. So I've had people do the program and when they're doing module one, they look at their dog and they're like, oh my gosh, I think something's wrong with my dog. And I've had some people in the program right after module one, they realized their dog was giving them signs that they were injured and um, they went to the vet and it was confirmed. And the reason they, they learned that their dog was injured was because um, I taught them in that first, in that first module what are you looking for? Um, signs that either your dog um, needs strengthening or has an imbalance or signs that your dog might actually be injured and is giving you very, very subtle signs, but you're not recognizing it. So great question. Um, so, all right, you guys, so I put that in there. I went, oh, I try not to go too long on these because I know everybody's busy. You got busy stuff to do. Um, but again, um, if you want the handouts, just write down handout. And um, if we're not Facebook friends, keep an eye out for a friend request. So I'll message you um, and I can email you and get the handouts to you. And then again, um, I have in the comments below, I have a free um, calendar. If you want that calendar, I'll actually throw the link in one more time. Um, if you want the calendar template to download, so you can start thinking about your about what does a balanced fitness program consist of, um, that's in the comments. And then I also have the brochure for the Elite Canine Athlete Program. And again, just message me anytime if you um, if you want more information, if you want to schedule a time to chat with me and get more information. Um, and uh, if you're like I said, if you're the first time here again, my name is Erica Bowling. And if you don't know, I am here every Friday on my um, Northeast Canine Conditioning, my Facebook business page, every Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And if you go to my Facebook business page and click on videos, um, I have over 130 shows. Um, a, a lot of canine fitness stuff. There's also canine business stuff, and there's some motivational topics. But if you have not checked it out, I have videos on um, warm-up exercises, warming up, cooling down. I have um, Facebook live shows on puppy stuff, puppy fitness, senior fitness. Um, some people aren't aware of it. I, I talked to somebody the other day. They had no idea. But I've got, like I said, um, I think 131 shows now, maybe 132. <laughs> um, and they're all, they're, they're all available for you. So it's Northeast Canine Conditioning, my Facebook business page. Um, and again, don't hesitate to take to reach out. I only do enrollment for the elite canine athlete program twice a year, and I'm just now getting ready to do pre-enrollment. Um, and I only take a limited number of people. And, uh, once it closes down, I don't open it again until six more months. And it, um, you can do it for certification to become a certified canine athlete specialist. Um, you don't have to do the certification. You can just do it for the knowledge of it. Um, and, uh, again, look at the brochure, um, go to my website, 
look it over. If it looks like something that interests you, message me and we'll set up a time to chat and I'll give you all the details on it. So cool. Any questions before we leave? Thank you, thank you. If you're watching somewhere else on, um, on social media, if you're not on my actual business page, I don't see your comments there. I will go back and I'll find your comments and I will um, answer if you have questions. And feel free to share anytime you have stuff that I'm doing that you find is valuable and helpful and useful. If, if it was helpful for you, chances are there's a lot of other people that are gonna benefit from it. So any of my videos, my free videos, feel free to share any of them with people that you think would be a benefit. So, all right, you guys. I'm not sure, I'll have another great topic for you next week. So um, thank you for joining me live. Come join me again. I love when you're here live and sharing and commenting. Again, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, every Friday on my Northeast Canine Conditioning Facebook business page. Um, and again, don't hesitate to reach out and message me if you want to know more, if you want more information on the programs or getting help, learning about canine fitness, building canine fitness programs, and I uh, would love to help you. So, all right, you guys, I'm logging off. Thanks for joining, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now.